are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Wednesday show for you. We're going to talk a little bit more about the NBA draft. I've got some sound audio clip of Victor Wembanyama on the Old Man and the Three podcast, which I think is really interesting to listen to. You're going to listen to this clip and be like, this kid's 19? Yeah, 19 years old. And, man, I... You just hope he doesn't get corrupted because he's got a great head on his shoulders. We've got an update on NFL and their gambling policy, a correction from yesterday's podcast, and then the hottest team in baseball has the hottest young prospect in baseball. And boy, is he fun to watch. And we will get to that momentarily. So as you know, the NBA draft takes place tomorrow night. At the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, and we all know that the number one pick is going to be Victor Wembanyama. The second pick, kind of still up in the air. Is it going to be Scoot Henderson? Is it going to be Brandon Miller? Is someone else going to somehow sneak into number two? I think it's going to be either Scoot or Brandon Miller. We don't know where the teams are leaning right now. Charlotte has the number two pick. Do you pick another point guard to play alongside LaMelo Ball? I don't know. I don't know if that's the smart thing to do. If you do pick Scoot Henderson, he's a straight-up point guard. Uh, Do you move LaMelo over to the two? If you end up going with Brandon Miller, that drops Scoot to the three, which has Portland picking at three. Portland's not going to draft Scoot Henderson. They've got Dame Lillard. And if they do draft Scoot Henderson, you can pretty much guarantee Dame Lillard's getting traded. And... Dame Lillard is a great player. He's had some injury problems in recent years. But he is a superstar in this league. And it's just a matter of what does Dame Lillard want to do in his career? If he wants to be that guy that stays with the hometown team and plays his whole time in one city, that's fine. He has every right to do that. But I don't think that anybody thinks the Portland Trailblazers are close to winning an NBA title. They're not. Even with the third pick, even if Charlotte takes Scoot and Brandon Miller goes to the Trailblazers, the Trailblazers aren't winning the title next year. They're not good enough. They're not good enough to beat Denver. So what does Dame do? If he says, look, I think it's I've had my great run here in Portland. It's time. It's time to move on. That's certainly uh, that's certainly possible. But I think he might need to get to another team and probably go to the Eastern Conference. And you're looking at probably a team like the Miami Heat. I mean, that, that's been the rumor, is that if Miami gets Dame, now Dame in a big three with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, that can win you an NBA title. He's not winning an NBA championship in Portland. It's just not happening. Not with the roster they currently have. Unless they pull off some monster trades, I don't see it happening. But he goes down to Miami, Heat culture, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Dame Lillard as your top three. Now, granted, they're probably going to have to give up, most certainly going to have to give up Tyler Hero and probably Kyle Lowry and some picks. But it's the Heat. They're a solid organization. They will rebound from it. And when you got a big three like that in the Eastern Conference, they will automatically be competitive. Shit, as the eighth seed without Dame this year, they ran through the Eastern Conference and got to the finals. So... Very, very interesting what's going to happen in the next few days. 
with trades and how this draft is going to go because, you know, I mean, outside of Wembenyama, there really isn't a absolutely generational player, hands down, he's going to be an all-star. There's guys that have potential, guys like Scoot Henderson, guys like Brandon Miller. Thompson Twins, I don't know if they can shoot well enough to actually be considered all-stars. Yeah, But you need, you know, for the most part, you're getting role players. Maybe you get a starter if you're picking 7 through 15. You hope that they come in and can start, but I don't know. I think there's a lot that's going to be said over the next few days, and it's going to be really interesting to see if names like DeAndre Ayton, Dame Lillard, Zion Williamson end up switching teams. Of course, Victor Wembanyama is the talk of the draft, will always be the talk of the draft, and he's going to go number one tomorrow night. He was on the Old Man and the Three podcast, which is J.J. Reddick's podcast, and I just want to list, this was a clip on Twitter. It's only two minutes long. But I just want you to listen to this clip where basically J.J. Reddick, that's who you're first going to hear in this clip, just asking him about essentially what's your ceiling here? What, what do you plan on doing in this league? And we've seen basically people flame out, bust, whatever you want to call it. This is the answer. You'll know when Victor starts talking because he's got a little bit of a French accent. I couldn't believe this answer from a 19-year-old. I certainly wouldn't be able to answer this at 19, but here's the question followed by Victor's answer. We have seen this happen to a number of young athletes who lose, I think, a sense of reality, and they lose that grounding principle of their life. What is your totem? Uh, you know, what you just said about young players, uh, this is something I thought about a lot. I, I know I'm I know I'm never going to turn like this. Like, I know I'm never going to lose a grasp of reality and just uh, do some shit, you know? Because um, I'm, I'm, I know what I want. Like, I'm, I'm driven from, like, from the inside of my heart and, like, nothing can put me out of my path. Like, I do everything. I, I do everything I can. So I deserve what I get. And I think some some players are really talented, physically or technically, you know, really, really talented. But their mind isn't, like, as good as their body is. You know what I'm saying? My totem is it's something like it's something bigger than basketball, you know? It's, it's just life. It's just accomplishing yourself inside this universe, you know? And when I need motivation, when I need energy and I feel tired out, when I need a fight on the court, and it's it's hard. I always remember, I'm I'm f- I'm free in that universe. I, I do whatever I can, and I know what I want to do, and nothing's gonna stop me from doing it. And I always got that in mind. And it doesn't just stop to basketball. You know, it's it's about life. Fuck, man, Jason. Well, well said, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> He's reached enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure I'm really under, understood because, uh, you know, in French, I, I, I know I can make myself understood, but in English, sometimes I'm not No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's very clear. It's very clear. Fuck, man. I wish I was free in the universe. So, yeah, I mean, even JJ and his co-hosts are totally impressed by that answer. Victor's almost like, I don't know if I express myself too good. I'm great in French, but they're like, no, no, dude, we got it. You, you've got a head on your shoulders. And look, it is right now all words because he could get into the league and be just taken away by the women in every city, the partying, 
the nightlife, the lifestyle of an NBA player. He could get sucked in. It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like he comes from a pretty grounded family. And while he knows the temptations that the NBA has to offer, doesn't sound like he's going to get sucked into it. But right now, it is only words. However, that is a 19-year-old that's already got it in his head. Like, look, I know where I came from. I know how much work I've put into this. Essentially, I'm not going to screw up. I'm not going to fall for, you know, and get caught up with the wrong crowd and stuff like that. Uh, that was it's about as impressive an answer as you'll hear from a 19-year-old probably ever in your lifetime, you know? It's just, I don't ever heard anything like that before. And I think I'd heard him speak a couple times in interviews, but I didn't really remember what they were. And I don't know what I was expecting, but pretty good English for a 19-year-old. Pretty good. So I don't think this is going to be some sort of major adjustment for him to communicate with his teammates or anything like that. They'll obviously bust his balls as a rookie, like any rookie does, even if you are the number one pick and a generational player. He's going to get his balls busted by his teammates, but it sounds like this guy is on the right path, and you want to see good things happen to good people. And he looks and he sounds and seems like a very good person. And he certainly has the skills to play in the NBA. He's had those for a couple years. I just I, I just cannot wait to see him play. I can't wait to watch him play in Summer League. Like The draft is next Thursday. He's going to have a Summer League game I think that weekend, next weekend, he's going to have a summer league game up in Sacramento. And then he's definitely going to the Vegas Summer League. So that'll be televised on ESPN. I just can't wait till this guy blocks a shot, gets his own rebound of the block shot, brings it up the court, and takes somebody off the dribble and yaks on him. <laughs> it's People's minds are going to be blown when this kid comes uh, to the NBA. So can't wait. Victor Wembanyama, only one day away from getting drafted as number one by the San Antonio Spurs. Moving on to the NFL. The NFL is really starting to crack down on their gambling policy. They are now requiring all rookies to attend mandatory education sessions, uh, and league officials are going to make in-person visits to team facilities to emphasize and clarify what is prohibited amid the rapid proliferation of sports gambling in this world, as I think we're up to 30, I don't know what the number, it's somewhere between 33 and 38 states and now have legalized gambling in it. So a lot of sponsors, gambling-related outlets are now sponsoring and taking out ads during NFL programming. There are some stadiums that are linked to, you know, MGM sports, stuff like that. So gambling is now on the forefront. Uh, when it comes to professional sports, where for the longest time it was just so taboo. You weren't even allowed to talk about the line. Now, the lines are on the screen during the game. I mean, it's things have changed. But for those that don't know, this is the gambling policy in the NFL. There's six key rules in the gambling policy that the league officials are going to emphasize to the rookies and to the teams as well. You can't bet on the NFL. Number two, you can't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or 
staying at the team hotel. Number three, you can't have someone bet for you. Number four, you can't share inside information. Number five, you can't enter a sports book during the NFL season. And number six, you can't play daily fantasy football. It's not that I have a problem with these rules. I'm just kind of like in college football recruiting where they say, well, coaches can only talk to players between this time and this time. And if they break those rules, they're going to be punished. It's like, come on. Everybody knows that for years the big-time programs were breaking all the rules and recruiting and contacting whoever they wanted, whenever they wanted. Maybe it wasn't done so blatantly, but they were finding ways, whether it's burner phones or having the friend of a coach contact somebody and you have an intermediary talking to that player. Let's not be stupid and let's not bury our head in the sands and pretend it didn't happen because it did. So here, while I understand the rules, I just don't know how you enforce this. Because it could all go to, I think rule number three is the biggest one. Because you would be really stupid if you are, I don't know, just take any player in the NFL. First name that popped in my head is Patrick Mahomes. I think you'd be really stupid if you're Patrick Mahomes if you do one of two things. A, or three things. A, sign up on an online account under Patrick Mahomes (laughs) and start a gambling account on one, you know, FanDuel, one of those things. You wouldn't be stupid enough to do that. B, walk into a sports book and place a bet during the NFL season. Or C, shit, what was C? What was the third thing I was going to say? Crap, I can't remember. But I think it had something to do with having someone bet for you. And that's the thing that's got to be tough. Having someone bet for you, don't share inside information, I mean, if Patrick Mahomes has a best friend and he trusts his best friend with his life or any NFL player trusts his best friend with his life, what's to stop Patrick Mahomes from telling his best friend stuff that's going on in practice? Oh, I think we're really going to take this team this weekend and we're definitely covering that spread or putting bets in through him. Now, Patrick Mahomes is an extreme example because Patrick Mahomes makes $450 million. Well, that's his contract, obviously. NFLs are not guaranteed. But he's he's making a shit ton of guaranteed money. So he has no incentive to gamble, even if it's like for 100000 on a game. Like, big deal if he wins an extra 100000 He gets that for, like, making the Pro Bowl or something. So it would have to be a fringe player. And it just seems like, I mean, we've gotten these guys that were busted – by on the Detroit Lions, where four guys are out for the season and two guys are out for six games. They aren't major names, but they're decent players. And those are the people that have incentive to go gamble and maybe share some information and try and win a little money on the side. And I don't know how you police that. How could you possibly police someone who calls his buddy and says, hey, put these bets in for me? <laughs> how? You're, unless you're tapping your players' phones which last I checked would be a major violation and invasion of privacy. I, I don't know how you, I, I don't know how you prevent it, but by putting these rules out there, I think it's just more of a scare tactic because these guys would be so paranoid to do this because they don't want to be made an example of and lose a whole season because then you lose your paycheck and that's, you know, your money. 
But not gambling at your team facility, I get that. But while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel, like, again, it is so easy to place a bet once you have an online account. So if you're in your team hotel the night before a road game and you're on your phone playing whatever, Candy Crush, Wordle, whatever, but then you just pull up your own online account and place a bet, like, how would anybody know? So I, that's what I don't really, really understand about all this. So it does seem like maybe they're just doing this as a scare tactic to these people. And this isn't for the big names, like I said. The, the Patrick Mahomes of the world are, are, don't need to gamble on football. They already make enough money. The whole point of, of, of gambling is to win and win money in this, in this rush of winning money. And it would only come to those who are, you know, good enough to get on the field and maybe influence a thing here or there but also someone who's not making a shit ton of money and, you know, passing along information to their friends and stuff like that. I just, I just don't know how that is policed in any way, shape or form. It's gotta be too hard. You know, don't bet on the team's facility. Okay. Well, what if you're driving out of the team's facility and you, you've just left the facility and you're on your phone and place a bet like <laughs> really? So you couldn't place it 50 feet earlier while you're still in the team facility, but once you got out of the team facility, you could. Like, I, I don't know. I don't understand how it's policed. And maybe I'm not supposed to understand how it's policed. A few notes to go over here. Yesterday, um, when I was talking about the game show injury from the guy from... Oh, I was talking about this on the Daily Roundup. So, sorry, I should have probably corrected it on the Daily Roundup. But on the Daily Roundup, I said there was a guy on The Price is Right recently that separated his shoulder from jumping up and down and cheering too much. And I linked it to Bill Gramatica. I said Martin Gramatica on the podcast that blew out his ACL after cheering on a 42-yard first quarter field goal during a regular season game. It was actually his brother Bill Gramatica that blew out his ACL. So, sorry about that. I even when I said Martin, I in the back of my head I'm like, I don't think it was Martin because I remember Martin not being hurt and blowing out his knee and it it, it wasn't. It was it was Bill Gramatica, his brother who was kicking for the Arizona Cardinals and made a 42-yard field goal in the first quarter of a regular season game and decided to just go ballistic and jump up and down, and he landed and blew out his ACL. And to me, that was the equivalent of someone winning on the Price is Right and jumping up and down and waving his arms and separating his shoulder, which is what somebody did. But sort of told that on the Daily Roundup today because I didn't bring that up on this podcast yesterday. So sorry about that. The Angels say that as long as they're in the hunt, they're not trading Shohei Otani this year. Well, unfortunately, that's probably going to cost them because I don't think Otani's re-signing with the Angels. All indications are he's going to a better team, a better organization. And even if the Angels make the playoffs this year, I, th I think they would have to kind of run the table and almost win. Like right now, if the playoff, if the Major League Baseball season ended today. The Angels would be in the playoffs as a wildcard team. And once you're in, you have a chance to win it all. But if the Angels are a wildcard team this year and they keep Otani through the trading deadline, they make the playoffs, and they go out in three or four games, I'm telling you, I don't think that that's going to be something that he's going to stick around. I think he's leaving. And if you're the Angels, you're going to get nothing for him. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He can sign wherever he wants, and he's going to go with whoever's going to pay him the most money. It's probably going to be the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Mets or the Padres. Maybe the Cardinals are in the mix. 
Red Sox, you know the teams that spend the most money. Those are the only teams that have an absolute, any chance in the world of signing Shohei Otani because he's going to ask for at least $500 million, probably over 10 years. So angels say, hey, as long as we're in the hunt, we're not trading him. Okay. (laughs) You're taking a big, big chance. But trading him at the trading deadline, you're like, whoa. We're literally trading the best player in all of baseball. What are we going to get for him? How do you even how do if you're another team that wants Otani, obviously you're just going to lowball the Angels because you're thinking he's not going back to them. They have to get rid of him if they want something for him. So you give them, you know, a few prospects here, maybe a couple everyday players. But I don't even know how you put a price tag on this guy. And Angels are in a really tough spot. They almost have to win the World Series this year. And even if they do, he might be like, okay, great. Got my World Series with the Angels. Now I want to win with somebody else. Like, they could be screwed either way. I mean, it's – I think them not making the playoffs in any of the five years he's been on the team and not even being – finishing a season with an over 500 record since he's been on the team, I think that's already worked against them. I don't think what happens this year is going to matter. I think he's gone. All right, thank you all for listening. Please subscribe and Apple Podcasts. It is much appreciated. Please pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, rate and review. That certainly helps the podcast as well. I appreciate you all listening. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television.